You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. We welcome you, precious Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you with our hearts open unto you, with our hands lifted. We welcome you, praying that you will have your way. Praying that you will take control. Praying that our worship will not stop with the song. Praying that our communion will not stop with the company. That where we are alone with you, that we will still continue in the place of communion with you. Precious Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. Lord, as we begin to bring forth your word, we pray, Rabbi, that you will teach us that Christ will be revealed and that Christ will be glorified. In the name of Jesus Christ, I receive the tongue of a ready writer and by the power of the Holy Spirit to communicate eternal truths with simplicity and power. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, I pray that these words be empowered to bring all that the word brings to those who listen to the word of God in the name of Jesus for as many will require illumination that the word will bring illumination for as many will require correction that the word will bring correction that for as many will require encouragement that the word will bring forth edification in the name of Jesus Christ that together we will be built up by the word and will be better Christians better followers of yours in the name of Jesus. Peradventure, others are listening this morning who don't even know this real Jesus. We pray that this word will become an introduction to Jesus in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. And good morning, friends. I celebrate you. I give God thanks that you are always there. And that you have also joined us in today's service. Trust that you have been blessed already by everything that we have done here today already. I know that indeed heaven is open and that your blessings will not elude you in the name of Jesus Christ. I welcome you specially back to our series on the revelation of Jesus Christ through his golden words as penned down by St. John the Gospel according to John. We started this series a couple of weeks back. The series that we have captioned, I Am, where we are considering various statements made by the Lord Jesus all through the book of John, where he introduced himself with statements starting with, I am this, I am that. So we started with, I am the light. We've gone through, I am the way, I am the truth. So today our topic is, I am the life. I hope you are ready. Okay, so let's go back to where we stopped last week. In fact, where we stopped two weeks ago because we started on this singular verse, John chapter 14, verse 6. Singular verse, two weeks ago. And God has been giving us grace to dig in deeper, deeper, deeper to find out what our Lord Jesus Christ really meant when he answered one of his disciples, Uncle Thomas. The question that he raised about destination and about the route towards the destination. 
So again, our text is from the book of John chapter 14 from verse 6. And I'm going to read. Bible says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So two weeks ago we did the way. Last week we did the truth. Today we want to focus on that last expression called I am the life. Hmm. You know, uh, earlier today, um, one of our lovely sisters, you know, we were just chatting uh, in a public uh, group. And, you know, she just mentioned jokingly, so this life, is the life of the party? No, Jesus isn't saying I'm the life of the party. What did he really, 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 really mean when he said, I am the life? What was Jesus talking about? What is the relevance of that representation to us today? The word life, life. And um, if you try to find out dictionary meaning of the word life, believe me, brethren, you're going to get very confused. Life is so simple yet difficult to explain because there are different expressions of what we call life. So different people call different things life. And they are not wrong. It's because there are various dimensions of what we call life. So, in, in my approach towards this topic, I'd like to start from a grammatical point of view. So, when we say word and opposite, huh, we say life and death. I think that it's actually easier to understand death than to understand life. And this is how I'm going to start. You know, reading through our Bible, we see the word death and the word life splattered all over the place. But I find it easier to understand death as an instrument towards understanding life. Because the things we learn from death, we see them in life. Then they begin to make a lot more sense to us. Please follow me. What we're doing today is deeply uh, philosophical and spiritual. So I'm going to start from the grammatical area to establish the philosophy around life and death. So that we can understand the person called life. So when Jesus said, I am the life to estray what he was referring to when we talk of death all over scriptures we see like three manifestations of the expression called death there is something called death as an event and today while i was at the office uh, something happened um a colleague you know we're supposed to have a meeting together and the person said, oh, I'm sorry, I will not be able to have this meeting. I just got a bad news that my uncle died, that my uncle lost his life, that my uncle has met something called death and uh, there is an event that has happened in his life. Huh? So an event is called death, an event that causes cessation of the biological life as we know it. So, certain things happen when we say people die or the event called death has happened to them. Remember Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. It says, for it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. That is, at least everybody is an appointment. Hmm? So, it is given. It is expected. It is a normal thing that this event called death 
we happen to people called human beings. Of course, it happens to animals too. And it happens to trees. It happens to anything that has life. So anything that has the capacity to have life also has a capacity to experience the event called death. That is a cessation of life as we know it. The biological life as described. But when you read your Bible very well, you know that there is also another event. A more spiritual event. The event we are talking about now when somebody died someone's uncle died and they went to the hospital to pick up their body and went to bury the person that event is a physical event of death but there is a spiritual event of death also and if you read the book of revelations chapter 21 verse 8 perhaps i should begin turning bibles immediately please come with me uh, to the book of revelations chapter 21 and I'm going to read verse 8. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, 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 underline, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That is, there is another event, not a physical event now, a spiritual event called death where people will be hurled into the place that the Bible describes as the lake of fire. A place that burns with fire fueled by sulfurous substances, brimstone, basically. So we are saying there is something in the expression of death called an event, a physical part of it and a spiritual part of it. There is also something that transcends the body. You know, man is tripartite. And this application is found everywhere. Everywhere in life. Everywhere in scripture. So we talk about the event called death. Most of the time we actually refer to the body suffering that event. That is where vital organs shut down. And the person is pronounced clinically dead. Alright? Clinically dead. Good. So that is for the body. But there is also an expression of death that has to do with the soul. With the soul. So we know of people whose consciences are dead. Whose morality is dead. You know, at their soul level. That is, their will, their emotions, their intellect. They are dead in that realm. So there is that state of being dead. An alienation from, you know, a kind of life the life of god when people do not have conscience where people can take um another human being in the name of looking for shortcuts towards wealth and use them for money ritual something has died in that person for you to get to that level to pick your child and go and use for money ritual to pick your friend to use your sister your mother your wife you know to use someone to do money ritual something is dead in that person we have to admit it and that is at the soul level so in the person's mind they've reached a point where they cannot have feelings where they do not have any scruples holding them where they do not know a boundary between good and evil where they have crossed all the lines 
where people have done abominable things. We see all this all through social media. People do rituals. They do it in broad daylight. They, you know, before before now, uh, maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when we hear of ritualists, we hear of old men who have nothing better to do with their lives and just want to do fetish things. But now, no, no, no. It's teenagers and people in their early 20s and early 30s that go do morning rituals. Something has died in our society. Something has died in the souls of men. So it's a state of death at the soul level. So that is a soulish death. We talked earlier about the bodily death, the event. But there is, of course, a spiritual being called death. Huh? There's a spiritual being called death. And that is talking about body, soul, and spirit. Let's go to um, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read verse 45. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What does the Bible say? Oh Lord Jesus, help me. Alright, so um there now. Yes. Let me read from let me read from 54. The Bible says, So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written death where no death is swallowed up in victory death is swallowed up in victory it now goes to verse 15 which is my emphasis it says oh death where is your stink so here the the object being addressed here when it says oh death is not the event of death is the spirit the being called death and if you read Revelations very well, I don't have time um, to read plenty of scriptures around this foundation because I, I really want to be able to get to the point of what the Lord Jesus Christ meant when he said, I am the life. But I'm starting with death. So I don't want to spend a lot of time establishing that. But go to the book of Revelation, you will see someone called death. It's a spirit. It's a being. So there is the event of death which happens to our body. There is the state of death which happens to our soul. And there is the spirit called death which is a spiritual being. Hmm? The same parallels we drew here about death. We can draw it for life from the scriptures. We can draw it from life. So, of course, in, in talking about life, we know about the biological life, you know, where there is a conception... And there is a birth, you know, someone is given birth to. We say, oh, this person has been born into life. So this person or this animal or this tree has come alive. I put this seed in the ground. Lord Jesus, help me. I put this seed in the ground and this seed dies. And after it dies, then something called life begins to come from this seed. This is the way life works. Life proceeds from death. And we will come that, back to that when we reach the spiritual type of life. So, I put a seed in the ground. This seed dies. Then something begins to come from it and it begins to grow from the soil. And I see life. A new plant is born. It comes to life. Same thing on the biological level. There is a form of insemination. Something is injected. And because there is some 
something we call fertilization, some parts of the elements die off, but a part begins to form. You get your embryo, then it begins to grow, and after a while, something is born, whether an animal or a human being. And we say life has been born. So there is something we call physical life, that which we understand from biology, whether it's for plants or it's for animals. But also, there is the state of being called life, which is at the soulish level. Hmm? So we've talked about the body, the body kind of life, where the organs in the body begin to work, your heart begins to beat, your brain begins to work, right? The absence of which is called physical death, right? So we talk now about a life at the soulish level. And at the soulish level, that's the place of a consciousness of some sort. Really, most times I don't like doing it because when you teach like this, some may be finding it a bit difficult to follow because it sounds a bit philosophical. No, we're just using this as a tool to lay a foundation for the spiritual. Because even Jesus, this is the way he, he would like to teach. He teaches from the physical things that we understand. Then he moves it to the spiritual where we now need to believe. Not because we fully know, but we believe. So then we begin to know just because we believe. Am I confusing you? Please follow me this morning. So I'm back to soulish level of life. So it's at that level of consciousness of life that we now call things like my social life, my career life, my sports life, my family life, my financial life, whatever. Whatever kind of life. It's at this level we have a consciousness at the soul level. At the soul level. So that's why if somebody loses his memory, he kind of loses his life at the soul level. Like his memory is formatted. Okay, they're involved in an accident and they suffered amnesia, total amnesia. Their uh, memory is wiped. When someone's memory is wiped, their soul life is lost. Do you understand? So there is life at the body level. There is life at the soul level. What does that then mean? It means that there has to be life at a spirit level. Just as we have death on body level, on soul level, on spirit level, we definitely need to have the parallel. That is life at the body level, at the soul level, and at the spirit level. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this to say that it is actually possible to have what you call life. That is something at the body level, at the soulish level, even at the spirit level. But that life is different from the kind of life that Jesus was talking about in John chapter 14 verse 6. Otherwise, Jesus would not have needed to come. If all that we call life is all there is to life, then there would have been no need for Jesus, in his usual fashion, with the two expressions we've considered before, where he says, I am the way. It was a definite article to say, there can be other kinds of ways, but I am a unique, peculiar, and sole way to God. When he said about the truth, he talked about different kinds of possibilities of what we call truth. But he said, I'm not like them, I'm unique. 
and we spent a lot of time talking about truth and its variance and its connotations last week so i'm not going to go into that but just to recall that that truth is unique that truth is a stand-alone matter it's a unique peculiar absolute reference exactly the same thing that jesus is doing with the word the the life so when he said here that i am the life is saying there can be other kinds of life but there is a unique kind of life that i embody and that is what he's trying to explain to us in this john chapter 14 verses so there are those who are living but they do not have the life of christ that is this kind of life so from a spiritual point of view they are dead why because they do not have this person who calls himself life and we know that what he says is true so but wait a minute they have life they have life so what do you mean when you say people are living but yet they are dead no i'm not the one that said so the bible says so and we'll look at the various scriptures to understand what jesus was making a claim to to say if you don't have me you don't have life why i am the life you may have social life you may have work life you may have ministry life but if you don't have me you don't have life so it's a personal thing it's a relationship thing it's a tangible kind of life go to acts chapter 17 verse 28 recall bible says in him we move we live and have our being that is this kind of life confers to us a different kind of reality we are a being that has a different expression with this person called life and we can be another kind of being without this person called life and we will still have something we call life but be careful what you call life be careful as long as it does not have the element of christ then what you call life is not life i didn't say so this is what the bible says jesus is the embodiment of this god kind of life let's go to john chapter 6 i read verse 63 we're still building something john chapter 6 bible says the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life it is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing lord help me it's saying here even though in your being there's something called flesh hmm? the body parts he said but there is a component of you that is called the spirit that can only be related to by the being called a spirit giving being this spirit gives life and the vehicle for the transmission of life is his word and this spirit bible says is jesus let's flip to we read first corinthians 15 earlier okay let's go back there and read verse 45 now first corinthians 15 see what the bible says about this person we are talking about bible says in verse 45 and says so it is written 
the first Adam became a living being. Please, pause. I, I, and I like to, to take this very slowly and carefully. Why? Because I'm going to dig this deeper. See what the Bible says. It said, the first Adam, it didn't say was, it said became a living being. You remember where we got that from? In Genesis? So, it said Adam became a living being. Meaning, it was something before he became a living being. We'll dig deeper. And it says, in the second part of it, it said, but the last Adam, it didn't say second Adam. This is why I love the Bible. Very specific. Very deliberate. It said the first and the last. It doesn't matter how many other Adams may be in between the first and the last. He said it's irrelevant. Why? The last has finished the work. What did he say about the last? He said the last Adam, of course, referring to Jesus Christ, is the last Adam. He said he became a life-giving spirit. Again, became. And this is the part that, you know, messes up our theology sometimes. I say, oh, how can you say Jesus became it? Oh, Jesus became it. He grew into this kind of uh, ability to give life. Yeah, he said he became a life-giving spirit. Even Jesus grew into it, right? So he's saying Adam was formed, but he became, he became a living, living being, a living soul. Perhaps this is a good time to just flip back to the book of Genesis. Let's let's do this once and for all. Let's go back to the book of Genesis, chapter two. Please follow me. Genesis chapter 2. If you start reading from verse 7. Yes. From verse 7. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became somebody say became man became a living being I don't know if you will understand this but I pray Lord Jesus will give you grace to understand this before this breath of life came man was something read your bible read between the lines he said this man had been formed from the dust of the earth. You know that animals too, the terrestrial animals, they actually came from the dust of the earth. Read your Bible. It says the ground produced their kind. The earth, that is the ground, produced their kind. So your terrestrial animals, the creeping things on the earth, the, the four-legged beings on the earth, the ones that crawls on the earth, it says they came from the earth. Right? So, they were something, a product of the earth. Yes, the Bible didn't say God formed them using his hands. It was in the case of man that he actually had an interaction of a molding. In the case of the animals, they came forth from the earth by reason of his word and what he had started to do in chapter 1. Are you with me? So, those animals, they are something and that's what they still are today. 
their spirit component is not activated so they have a body they have souls and i'm sure you know animals have souls animals have feelings for those of us that have pets you understand what i'm talking about so they have souls animals have feelings but spirits that was in African magic where you know we emphasize the ability of demons and it is true that demons in their quest for a body so that they can operate in this terrestrial space called planet earth they need to enter bodies so they enter some people they can enter trees they can enter animals and you know so when we hear meow, meow, when cats are mewing and when we see some birds we say, oh, this bird is an evil spirit. Not that the bird itself is the evil spirit. But animals can also be possessed. Just like some human beings, given the right conditions, can also be possessed. Just like some inanimate objects, including trees, can also be possessed. Rocks and mountains can also be occupied by some spirit beings that seek to be in a body so that they can express themselves on this planet because they do need a body to express themselves that's the way i'm going i'm saying before the breath of life came into adam adam was something that was at the same level with those animals possessing body and soul so adam was like that until the breath of life came into him so it can be argued that like them, like those animals that had body and souls, Adam was in a state where he too could move about, where he too could converse, where he too could run, where he too could eat, where he too could do whatever. But he did not have the breath of life. That which confers what we call Zoe, the life of God. He did not have that. So the Bible here was speaking in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 2. That when that breath of life came, then Adam became. That is, he was something. Then he was transformed to something else. By virtue of the breath of God. Of the life of God that was conferred on him. So it was this life that Adam lost when he sinned why the bible says and god cannot lie his words cannot be broken god told adam he said the day that you eat of this fruit from the tree that is in the midst of the garden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he said you shall surely die oh but we didn't hear that adam fell down and died no in fact the bible said he left the garden then copulated with his wife and had a child so meaning he was able to see sustain life at a certain dimension the dimension of the body of course adam still had emotions adam was still able to relate with his wife he was able to relate with his children even though he failed as a parent so if he had a soul obviously obviously but the bible says something died in adam the day that he violated the commandment of God. That which died is the Zoe part of Adam. Are you with me now? So Adam went back to the form he was before the breath of life came into him. The Zoe. But it was the Zoe he lost when he sinned. So the Bible says, when they did eat of that fruit, immediately 
Immediately, the Bible says their eyes became open and they saw that they were naked. The Shekinah was taken away from them. The glory that covered them while they carried this away. Jesus helped them. When we do carry Zoe, the life of God, there is a clothing upon us. There is a glory upon us. The glory of the Father is transmuted to us. It's reflected upon us. We carry the life of God. And that's why, because we carry the life of God, there are possibilities that we have that we do not have if we do not carry the life of God. So, you live today outside of the life of God. There are things we can do. But there are things we cannot do except we have the life of God. So, you may exist you may carry on some form of life. In fact, you can do plenty things outside of the breath of God, which is the life of God, which is the zoe of God, which Jesus was talking about in John chapter 14 verses. And you will think you are fine, but be careful what you call life. It's not life, because as far as God was concerned, and is still concerned, you do not have the life, the life, if the Son of God does not live in you. So, you can operate at your bodily level and at your soulish level with the spirit of man. And man does have his own independent spirit. It is that part that becomes activated, that becomes filled when we give our life to Christ and we take his life. Ah. We give our life to Christ. Meaning something dies in us so that his life can be revealed in us. Lord Jesus, help me today. A lot of things are running through my mind as I try to communicate this truth. Brethren, listen to me. You can have the life that people call life outside of the life of Christ. But it does not amount to what real life is. The Bible said concerning Adam. If you go to let's go, let's let's go. Same Genesis. I'm flipping to chapter 5. Chapter 5. Go with me to verse 5. The Bible says, So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. <laughs> Lord Jesus. He died before. He only died physically. At 930 years, he actually died before in the Garden of Eden when they ate the fruit and they were evicted from the life of God. So, Adam lived 930 years as a living dead until the body eventually died. So, we can be here and live 100 years outside of the life of Christ and then die. And then, we now see that we have missed out on the real essence of life. And indeed, we never really lived. Even though on the obituary they put 100 years, he lived a full life of 100 years. From the standpoint of John chapter 14 verse 6, that person lived zero life. Because they did not have the life. They had a physical life. Oh, maybe we'll flip it a bit. This person had a career life of 30 years, of 35 years. They worked in their company until they became 60 years and they resigned. They said, my career life. So they had a career life. 
But if they did not have Jesus, indeed they did not have the life. Of course, in the period that Adam lived, the Bible said he gave birth to Cain, the murderous one, and he gave birth to Abel, the murdered one, and later he gave birth to Seth, the one who became a preserver of the lineage of good people because Cain did not die immediately. He killed Abel. He went on with his evil spirit, evil soul, and continued with his evil body to create more evil people on the planet. So he was living a kind of life, a life outside of God, a life of a curse. He was carrying a mark upon him. He was a cursed man, but he lived long. In fact, the Bible said he built cities. Oh, so dead people from a spiritual point of view can build estates, can build cities. So listen to me. I do not know what is making you feel that you are living life. As long as Jesus is not in that life, it's not the life. We may be clapping for you and say he's an accomplished professional. She's an accomplished professional. In fact, they are the ones who invented so 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 and so and discovered so 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 and so and wrote so so and so theories. They are the ones who propounded so so and so law. Without the kind of life that Jesus was speaking about in John chapter 14 verses, the Zoe, the life of God, eternal life, then you never really lived. You just existed. You never really lived. And we can have children without having this life. And we can have money without having this life. And we can have long life without having this life. And we can look fresh and flourishing without this life. But all of that sums to zero. And that's what Jesus is trying to say here. That a man without the breath of God is not different from animals. Because the spirit component that should have been occupied by the life of God is dormant, it's empty or it's occupied by something that pretends to be life which is actually death so when Christ came it is this spiritual life that he came to offer to those who will find the way and embrace the truth that genuine life, that eternal life is only available in the Father through the Son. That's the meaning of John 14 verse 6 when he says, I am the life. He said, for those of you who will believe in me, you will come to find me the way and I shall bring you into all truth, all of the truth, so that you can have the life of God that Adam lost on the altar of rebellion when he sinned against God when he believed the voice of the enemy above the voice of God he said that life that he lost you can have it you can have it it doesn't mean that this your body will not die no, it is still appointed unto man to die once but the man who chooses not to have the life of God is the one who made the appointment by himself to have what is called second death and that's what we read earlier for every man is appointed for us to die once after that judgment. But for the man who rejects this life, Jesus Christ, the man who rejects Jesus Christ, who is this life, said that man has made an appointment for themselves with what we call second death, the event called second death. 
which is the spiritual death. Lord, help us. Help us to understand this life. This kind of life, the life of God that Jesus was talking about, the real life, eternal life, the Zoe of God, is only accessible, only through Him. The Bible says in that first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, we read earlier. It says, This last Adam is the life-giving spirit. That if you have not met him, you have not received life. Forget whatever else you think is called life. As long as you have not encountered him, who is the life-giving spirit, whose words bring life. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh profits nothing, but the spirit gives life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. If you have not met this Jesus, who is the life-giving spirit, this last Adam, they are not yet alive. No, no, no. In John chapter 3, you remember the story of Nicodemus? How Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And he was asking him, Master, Master, how can we enter the kingdom of God? And he said to him, he said, Although you are not a young man, you are supposed to know this. You are a Pharisee, you are a leader of the people. I am amazed that you don't know this. He said, but let me just give you the answer. Since you are asking. He said, there is no way for you to come into this kind of life. Except you are born again. Let me go there. John chapter 3. Uh, I'll read from verse, verse 3. Listen to what Jesus said to Nicodemus. In verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him. Most assuredly I say to you. Unless one is born again. That is you. we have to override this your current life. With another life. That is, you have to be born again. Hmm? He said, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is, you will not even be able to identify that way. You will not be able to see the kingdom of God. If you are not born again. Verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is already old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, no. This is not a question of biological birth. It, you don't need your mother in this kind of birth. Hmm? And this is the mistake some of us make. We are counting on having this life just because someone who gave birth to us is a Christian. No, that's not how you become a Christian. That's not how you have the life of God. Just because you were born by somebody who is a Christian does not mean that you have become a Christian. Say no. It's not about you entering your mother's womb or being born from your mother's womb. In verse 5, he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. So he began to now define it for that. He said, this kind of birth, it's, it's more than your biological birth. It's got to be about being born of water and of the Spirit. That is, you must of a necessity, of a necessity, have an encounter with me, the life giving spirit the one who has the spirit with that measure you must come into contact with me that i wash you with the washing of water that you come to experience and drink of this river of life the spirit that i will pour upon those who will believe he said that is how 
to be born again. If you choose to stay in the fleshly realm, let me read for that. It says in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. He said, if you choose to limit life to only this physical realm, this biological life, this bodily life, he said, the only thing that you will produce are works of the flesh. You cannot go beyond that. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. The 19 kilometers to hell. Go and reach them. He said, if you stay in the domain of life that is limited by this bodily, physical expression of what we call life, he said, you cannot enjoy the life of the spirit. You cannot even experience it. It's not possible to experience way without an encounter with Jesus, who is the word of God, whose word produces life. And you cannot come into this Zoe, this life of God, without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You cannot. This life is the life that comes through believing. It comes through believing. John chapter 3 verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Eternal life. That is, to enter this kind of life, the password, the first thing is to believe. Believe. You must become a believer in the Son of God. And that's what Jesus was teaching his disciples when he said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not just any kind of life. The life, the real life, the actual life. Eternal life, the life of God, the life that made Adam to become a living soul. One who could commune with God, one who could operate at the frequency of God, one who had dominion over the territory of earth. He said that is what can give you access to that kind of life. So when we carry the life of God, then we have other possibilities that are alien to those who do not carry the life of God. And that's where the difference is. But it's just the first step. When we do believe and we become born again, it's a journey towards this life. It begins with believing. But being born again after we believe is only the beginning. It's not the end. As we begin to then follow, to follow the way, unto all truth, to sustain the life of God, we need to then understand that that life cannot come without death. That's why you hear in Galatians chapter 2, if you read from verse 20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yes, not I, but I live. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in in the flesh, I live by faith. By faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, therefore, I don't set aside the grace of God. No, 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 no. I don't set it aside. In fact, I embrace it. Because without Christ, I cannot live his kind of life. But to live his kind of life, it comes through dying. And that's what I mentioned earlier. Unless a seed, huh? He falls down to the ground and dies. He abides alone. But when he does die, then life comes from it. And that's why to live this kind of life, you cannot live it on your terms. 
You cannot live it without the help of the Holy Spirit. You cannot live it without the help of Jesus, who is the Word of God. So today, I invite you. If you already have something you call life, glory to God for your life. Your career is blooming. Your financial life is excellent. Your health is perfect. Everything that people call life is going well for you. Glory to Jesus. Question. And please, this is a sincere question to you. In all that you call life, do you have the life of God inside of it? Do you have Jesus at the center of it? Because if you don't, if your answer is no, at the end of this physical life, there is trouble. Oh yes, that's what the Bible says. It says, for it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that judgment, if that man dies not having the life of God called Christ, then that man cannot escape the second death. Where those who do wickedly, those who have decided to live a life of unbelief, who have disdained the offer of God in Christ Jesus unto eternal life, those who have jettisoned it, who have trampled upon his blood. He said, those people, they will be packaged, assembled, tied together, and dumped into the lake of fire. He said, this is the second death. So those who are born once, who are not born again, he said, they will die twice. They will die physically, and they will die that second death. He said, but those who are born twice, who after they have been born physically, now get born again through embracing Jesus Christ who is the life of God who now gives them this second life that they now live by faith because they have believed he said those ones they will not taste of the second death even though we will pass through this first death because it is appointed unto every man to die but once he said but we will not be part of the second death which is eternal in nature just as the life that Christ gives is eternal in nature if we nurture it I invite you to ponder to meditate to search your soul and find the right answer if today were to be my last day on this earth with all the life that I've lived so far 50 years, 40 years, 30 years 20 years, whatever Will all of that length of time qualify for anything after this death? Because there is life after death. With that period of time that I've spent on this earth, will it translate to death or will it translate to life after this death? If your answer is no, then this call is to you. This call is to you. It's because of you that Jesus came. He said, the thief comes for the three purposes of killing, stealing, and destroying. He said, but I have come that they might have life. That is the life of God. And have it more abundantly. That is, have it eternally. Have it in all its various expressions. In health, in wealth, in grace, in working in the supernatural. He said, I have come that you will have that kind of life. I offer you that life in the presence of Jesus Christ. 
bow your heads and begin to speak with him. If that person is you, ask him to come into your life and bring with him the life of God, the breath of God, that which changes everything. When that breath came into me a couple of years ago, maybe over two decades now, my life took a different turn. A different turn. When that life came to me, oh, did I have a life before that time? Yes, I had a life. But all that life I count now as dung for the excellency of the knowledge of knowing Christ. Because in him now, I see the true meaning of life. Will you talk to him and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and make what I call life, make it become your own kind of life. I live this kind of life. I surrender this life so that I may embrace your own kind of life. And for those of us who have made that decision before, ask that God will give you grace to sustain this life. Remember, Adam had this life and lost it. Pray that you will not lose it. That disobedience will not kill this life. That disobedience will not take this life out. And that there are people who have had this life and they were careless with this life. They did not treasure this life. And they lost this life. Pray that you will not lose it. That it will strengthen you. It will keep you to the very end. That it will establish you. And it will keep you until you meet him who is eternal. And that you meet him who is actually the river of life. The one who produced the tree of life. Everything about him is life. The one who fills us with the fullness of life. Begin to bring your prayer to your close now. As I join you to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for the hearts that you have spoken to. These are not my words, but yours. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will admit as many who come to you in sincerity today, who say, I can't help myself, and I'm tired of this kind of life. I want God's kind of life. I pray that they will experience you. Lord Jesus, as many of us who have started to experience you in this journey of walking in the way and knowing the truth that leads to eternal life, Lord, I pray that they will join us. Bible says concerning me, it says, He whose sins I retain are retained. It says, He whose sins I remit are remitted. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, for as many will come to you today, let their sins be forgiven. As they come to you today, Lord, give them a fresh start. A new life. Let them live unto you. And give grace to as many who have received this life. To stand true to you to the very end. In the name of Jesus. Blessed Redeemer, we worship you. We adore your holy name. Thank you for grace to live the Jesus kind of life. Blessed be your name. In Jesus mighty name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I believe that you've been blessed today. Please share this message with somebody, especially your friends that you know are yet to meet Jesus. You will be doing the work of an evangelist by sharing this message to someone who is yet to meet Jesus. Or peradventure, those who have met Jesus, but they are not sure who they met or what they met. So that we we establish in the love of Christ. Please share this. And God bless you. See you next week as we meet again to share the word of God and fellowship with one another. God bless you. I love you all. Peace be with you. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.